Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. Just, I don't you love the, the, the uh, men and women of this house and... Uh, I just love love you guys. I love the the faith that is in this house. I I value and appreciate the prayer and support that comes from this wonderful family. Thank you, Joyce. You are an absolute. This is lemon, ginger, and honey. Joyce, you're an absolute legend. Joyce is wonderful. She's been with us for um, twenty years and uh, has served this house. Uh, when we pray, I know when I pray, Joyce is, is right there by my side. Um, in the prayer meeting, she wars and she's always been there. Uh, and she has a memory like an elephant. And uh, she, she forgets nothing. Uh, and um, we will often talk and pray and, and she'll come, Joyce will just come and say, um, back in 1997... <laughs> God said this, and she'll recite a prophecy that was received, and, and I believe now, and she'll, she'll tie together the events. It's, um, we, have, we have some incredibly profound brothers and sisters in this house from, a, across the ages, don't we? And they are such a blessing, and uh, we just uh, appreciate you all so much. And That was just beautiful worship. Joey, just beautiful, and, and God is just um, doing so many wonderful things. I'm preaching twice today, uh, and I'm going to be preaching at a lower volume than normal. Because I'm going to I'm going I'm to make it to the end of the day. Amen. And uh, I had an amazing time in Denmark. Um, God put a very prophetic message on, in my heart for the Maya Church, which is a church of maybe nearly 300 people. They have hundreds of youth. Um, it's an unusual church because it sits in a village of about um, 2,000 people. Uh, it's, a t- it's a small village, but the village has three boarding schools and a Bible college. Um, and so it has an unusual demographic. Um, it's very, um, it's a beautiful old, old village. All the houses are timber frame and, and some thatched roofs and um, it's just a very unusual setting, but they've got this brand new, in classic Danish modern structure, got this brand new church building, um, big glass front, and, and in their beautiful building. And God really empowered me to um, just bring such a powerful word, and, and there was such a really move of the spirit. But on Monday, it was the most powerful time with Pastor Linda Wilson, Scott Wilson's wife, who, who ministers in Aarhus. And um, Scott ministers here every year. And uh, God just moved so incredibly, setting um, people free. And uh, it was a, I know that Holy Spirit is doing something new in this house. And then, uh, God, I, I, I feel like I was, saying, um, I was saying to someone this morning, I can't remember who, I feel like two weeks ago I got born again. Um, <laughs> I felt like the Holy Spirit just downloaded upon me something which has quickened my heart so much and I believe that God is doing something fresh in this house in a, in a new way and, and what is going to happen is that we are entering into a we're entering 
into the promise of God to be a church that knows how to worship. And we may think, well, we have got a great worship team and, and it, we, we do worship. I want you to understand that worship, worship is the very essence of the kingdom of God. Yeah. It's, the very, it's, the, it's the cornerstone of meeting Christ. It says in Acts chapter 15, it says that God is restoring the tabernacle of David. And the tabernacle of David was, was the church out of time. Because David had a tabernacle that mirrors today's church yeah. rather than Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. In the tabernacle of David, what happened is he had the, the mercy seat, the holy of holies. It was meant to be behind a veil and accessible only once a year. But it was stolen by the, the uh, Philistines and David took it back. But rather than putting it back into Shiloh where they, had the, where they had the sacrificial work, David took it and he created his own tabernacle and there was no veil. And you, anyone could come before the Holy of Holies. But the only way to get to the Holy of Holies in David's tabernacle was by worship. There had been no worship in the presence of God until David. And David brings, and that is the essence of the church. David's tabernacle was a prophetic 40-year establishment of something which said, this is what the church looks like. And we've got to understand, see, worship brings people to the mercy seat. Worship is what will bring a a revival in the house because it brings people to Christ. When the church knows how to worship people will come in the house and they will meet with Jesus Christ for the first time. It opens their heart to the word of God and the word radically transforms and changes them. And so in this house, there is going to be a house of worship. Our worship team, I've already spoken to a number of the, um, the musicians, they are going to be writing songs. This house is going to be singing the songs that are written here to, to define the, the message and bring a message of hope, restoration and an empowerment to see a city and a nation transformed for Jesus Christ. Amen. And so there are new songs coming out of this house. Actually, just before worship practice on Thursday, we had musician, the musicians are, and uh, OJ and, and, um, and Heidi and, and Mark and some of the others were already here uh, writing songs before and, and see, God is, God is doing something in this place because, because a song has to be written. Worship must be, be written and written again so that we can sing out of the liberty, the freedom of your heart. See, what worship does is when we worship, we, we are no longer in a debate over whether we believe or not. You just sing the song. You sing it and your heart agrees with it. And it bypasses your brain that's going, I don't know whether I can do this anymore. Mm-hmm. See, see, when you read the word of God, there is the debate over your mind. And your mind has opportunity to strangle the word. You remember that Jesus said, excuse this, I don't even know what I'm going to get to preach. I'm just going to prophesy today, <laughs> if that's okay with you. But um, you remember when Jesus spoke um, to the disciples about one of the most one of the most profound parables was the parable of the sower. And the parable of the sower. And a seed was sown, and the seed is the word of God. 
and the seed was sown into the ground. He said, but the cares of this world grew up around that seed and strangled the word. Now we know that the word of God is powerful, but we also know that we have to make a choice to live fully for the word of God. Because if we don't, the cares of this world will strangle it. If, if we live in a compromised position, the other cares will strangle God's word. And all of us have experienced weeds that grow up in our life and strangle the word of faith. Now, this is the beauty of worship. Worship bypasses all of that. So what worship does is, when the musicians lead us in that, in that incredible place. Mark, when you were playing today, you were prophesying with an extraordinary. That was beautiful how you prophesied with the guitar. And as we were being brought into a presence of God by worship, we sang the words of God. And the mind doesn't have an opportunity to debate. Yeah. Yeah. We just sing from our heart. Yeah. And as we sing the word of God, it leads us into a place of sanctification. It leads us into a place of being set apart for God. And it, it, it cleanses the heart and leads us to a place. Worship, the more you worship, the more you rid the fields of your heart from the weeds that can encroach around you. And so we are, we are entering into... We, this church is going to be packed full of worshippers. Packed. People are pushing through as people are worshipping. God is is bringing people the houses people the the gifts of ministry that are flowing out will flow out of the very essence of worship because the Bible says the tabernacle of David shall be restored so we know what the church should look like by that word David established the biggest worship team you've ever seen. There would be very few churches in existence today, even today, that would have a worship team as big as David's. Isn't that profound? And there's some big churches out there, and they have extraordinary worship teams. But if you read through the word, you'll find David had a bigger worship team. And you find that the worship led people into such, into, in such liberty because it became the very framework the very essence that would bring forth christ and so we know that when we worship christ is lifted up we know that in this worshiping house people will meet with jesus christ the bible says if i be lifted up i will draw all men unto me and worship is going to lift up the name it lifts up the name of jesus christ and it brings everyone into a place of restoration because when a person meets with jesus christ there is always that point of confrontation there's that point of decision but as they meet with him he will always restore the heart he will always bring them into that place of wholeness and fullness amen Amen. It's good to know what God is doing, isn't it? <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, I'm going to minister to you today. I've got 18 minutes left, and I'm going to spend half of that drinking my lemon. And honey. <laughs> Luke chapter 15, verse 4 says this. I, I preached on this a few weeks ago. What man among you who has 100 sheep and loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it. 
And when he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbours together saying to them, rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. Now, what I want to say to you is that over this house, the house has become a house that brings a place of restoration to all people. Now, this is a found series because there are two things that have to be established. First, you've got to know that you have been found in Jesus Christ. You know who you are in Christ. And two, you've got to know that your commission, the mission on your life is to bring those people who are around you home. Carry them home. But how do you carry someone home? I mean... Carrying someone home is a very, it's a personal, it's, it's a personal thing, isn't it? It's, you're getting in someone's personal space. Yeah. It's quite, and how do you do that? And, and how do you do it if you don't really know who you are? Or have any idea about the things that you do? Because the image is of a farmer picking up a sheep, putting them over his shoulders and walking him home. But in reality, we, do, we don't physically do that. I mean, that would be awkward, wouldn't it? Were, I'm going to take you to church. The only way you can come to church is sitting on my shoulders. <laughs> if you bleat a bit, it works even more. <laughs> it's not going to work. You, you can't physically carry people home. So how do you carry them home? And we, had, um, we had some friends um, over recently... And uh, they said to us, uh, she said, she goes, you're, very, you're a very huggy church, a huggy family. And, and we went, you're not really huggy, are you? <laughs> she goes, no. I said, well, you've been very gracious. And <laughs> I realised that people have a personal space. Some, people, some people's personal space, the, the nearest you can get to them is hugging the air around them. <laughs> it's like this, it's sort of like that. You, and other, other people... You, you feel like you're lucky to be alive, to get out alive. It's like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so people have personal space. Um, and, and the fear of the church is knowing how to get into that personal space. Yeah. I really believe the Holy Spirit has put something in my heart that will teach us how to bring people home. I was in Food Story few weeks, couple of weeks ago, maybe a, yes, a couple of weeks ago, and one of Heidi's colleagues, I only, I, I buy coffee from anywhere Heidi's working. <laughs> <laughs> so I come in and I'm chatting away to one of Heidi's, um, Heidi was having a break at them, at, actually, she wasn't working. And, um, I'm chatting to one of her colleagues and he was just making the coffee and one of her other colleagues came up to me, she came, she wasn't, I wasn't serve, she wasn't serving me, she wasn't well, she just came up to me and she just, I just have to say, she goes a little bit pink while she's there. I just have to say, you're always so kind and so positive and, and just so, so encouraging. And then she goes really red and walks away. <laughs> it just melts your heart. You want to go, oh, let me take you home. I'm going to give you a nice dinner. <laughs> And, um, and she kind of exposed the heart. You know how it is when you, when you want to encourage someone and encouraging them, you, you kind of expose your heart a little bit. 
So I'm standing there thinking to myself, this revelation, this light comes on. I just come in and buy coffee. I mean, I'm friendly because I'm Heidi's dad, so there's a sense of familiarity that would be unusual in another place. But it's not the first time someone has said that. I walked into Starbucks um, a couple of years ago, and I said, oh, a cup of coffee, how was your day? You know they have that formed, what are you doing tonight? And how was your day? Those kind of questions they're trained to do. They don't want to know, by the way. <laughs> they just ask them because they want you to think they're being kind and, you know. And, and so she goes, and, and I just said, oh, yeah, great, awesome. And she, this woman stops and she goes, you always say your day is awesome. It's so good. <laughs> And it's like, I don't even remember talking to her before. I don't know where I'd ever met her. And yet, she had, my, just speaking, and, and I discovered this. The, see, see, Christians spend most of their life thinking about those headline moments that are going to change people's life. But it's not headline moments that makes an impact. It's the little things that you do every day that changes, that brings someone home. And, and I, see, I travel around the world and I've got thousands of friends on Facebook. And they're Facebook friends. They're not real friends, they're Facebook friends. And I know that if I were to meet them, they would be very kind, but we would, don't really know each other. And the only reason why they're Facebook friends is because their meeting me has been a headline moment. It's been me preaching in church, maybe having a word on It's been a headline moment. They've gone, I, I like you, I'll, I'll make you a friend on Facebook. So, but my impact in their world has tiny the impact that I really make and the impact that you guys really make is the little things that we do every single day now I need you to understand the power of those little things in Acts chapter 15 um, David um, Paul sorry not Paul Peter <laughs> somebody in the Bible Acts 15, verse 14. Believers were added to the Lord, increasing numbers, crowds of both men and women. As a result, they would carry the sick out into the street and lay them on the cots and mats so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. Now, this is a profound moment because Peter's life, the little things of Peter's life, is having a, such an impact that even his shadow, even his shadow is having an impact on people's life. I need you to understand, see, the little things are the shadows of your life. Most of you don't see, most of you are not aware of your shadow. Because it's what falls from you. I've probably got, probably got ten shadows. There, there's the shadow. There's a, I wouldn't really think, you don't notice your shadow. Like you don't notice the little things of your own life. So Peter is ministering. He's just full of, he's not thinking about his shadow. He's just thinking about ministering to the, the people and, and seeing God's church established. So he's just walking down the street, but people are hanging on the little things. Or they're hanging on Peter just walking past. You've got to understand that 
the impact that Christ has put on you, all you need to do is walk past people. Because it's the little things that touches them. Just like the shadow falls from Peter and brushes past them, that shade of light goes over them. So there is a shade of light that falls from us. That as we move, the presence of God touches people in the small things that we do. You've got to understand that those little things in your life are healing and setting people free. Now, I need you you to see this because this this is deeply important. Because this, I believe, is going to define part of the nature and the culture of what God is speaking over this house alright so I need you to get this Acts 13 14 said this Acts 13 verse 47 for this is what the Lord has commanded us I have made you a light for the Gentiles to bring salvation to the ends of the earth you see the light and I'm going to mix up metaphors here okay Uh, and I, I hope you're okay with this but The Bible says that God is going to make us a light. But we need to understand that the light that we carry is merely a reflection of the light that we stood in. You see, Peter's shadow was simply the effect of the light that shone upon him. See, what shines upon you is what falls from you. You, you, you've got to understand, what shines on you is what falls from you. Mm. See, those people who are strangled by the cares of this world is simply this. Those things that shone on them are the things that falls from them. Mm. So if your life, if what is coming out of your life is hurt, disappointment, unbelief, sorrow, These are not the things of the kingdom of God. They are the things of this world. Now we live in this world, but we're not of this world. What that means is, we will suffer sorrow, disappointment, hurt, and experience unbelief. Because we're in the world. But because we're not of the world, those things are not a part of who we are. We experience them, but they're not us. Are you with me? Because we are of Christ, and if we stand in his presence, we no longer become reflectors of the nature of this world, which is the sorrow, the hurt, the disappointment, the gossip, the, the, the demeaning things, which, which reduces the church and takes the power out of it. The power that was in Peter to see people healed by Peter's shadow. Peter's shadow is healing people. It's got his own ministry. It's called Peter's Shadow <laughs> Ministries, Inc. It, it, prob- it probably went off on its own and laid hands on people. I don't know. So, so Peter's shadow, right, is simply the effect of light as he stood in the presence of God. Now, the Bible says in Corinthians... I want you I want you to get to this. Bible says in Corinthians 2 verse 4. 2 Corinthians 4. Sorry. <laughs> Hang on. 
ginger, lemon and honey. (laughs) For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, of the face, in the face of Jesus Christ. So God who shone light out of darkness, the God who stepped into this dark world, And his light. Jesus said, I am the light. He said, I am the light. So Jesus stood in this world and he was the light of the world. And everyone who stood in his light, his light has shone in our hearts. And that which is shone in our hearts falls from us. And I, I, I need you to understand that that to carry someone home is not a burden of trying to work out oh, how do I how do I do this how do I the work that I have to do is not a burden of work it's simply this spend time in the light and let the shadow fall from you yeah. it is sufficient. For the time you spend in the light, because those things that you do resting in Christ will touch and radically change those who catch the shadow that falls from your life. Are you with me here? I want to, could you pass my Bible? I didn't bring my glasses. I, I was using glasses at some point somewhere in the building earlier. And I've no idea where they are now, but that is... A, I normally go to um, Pound Land and I buy a wedge of reading glasses and I just leave them places. <laughs> what that generally means is if I need glasses at some point, I will have them. <laughs> Cheryl touched on this. I'm, I'm going to finish on this. John's Gospel, chapter 15. Sorry. 13. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is speaking and he's giving the church a new commandment. If you want to know what this church is going to be doing to see a city saved, it's this. The kingdom of God is really, really simple. The principles of what you do are not complicated. The challenge is how to do it. That's the that's the tricky bit. This is, this, is what, this is simply what we're going to do. So when he had cut, gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. Now glory is the weight. It's the, the wonder. It's the weight of God. The glory of God. If you were to meet the Queen, there would be a moment of 
Like, this is not just an ordinary moment, right? There's a moment of respect, a weightiness of it. The weightiness of God, the glory of God, is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glory him in himself and glory him immediately. I'm going to see if I can get this on the iPad because I can't read with this light. So, here we go. John, yeah, 13. What verse did I say? 31. Okay, found it. Here we go. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Children, I am with you a little while longer. You look for me. And just as I told the Jews where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I tell you, I give you a new commandment. Love one another just as I have loved you. You must also love one another by this, by this. Everyone say by this, by this, this, all people will know you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. Now, Jesus is saying, look, that the challenge of the church, Christians get lost in this because I've got to love everyone. But not everyone's lovable. (laughs) Isn't that true? Got to love everyone, but not everyone is lovable. Some people are a real challenge. I used to have this spiritual saying, my spirit doesn't rise to them. It's my way of saying I really don't like them. (laughs) My spirit doesn't rise. Jesus said if you have love for one another. This is the commandment, have love for one another. But what he's saying is this first. If you love me. You see the love of God is the light of God. The love of God is the light of God. If you spend time in his presence. The presence of God is the most critical foundation that you will ever have for your life. The most critical. The presence of God. Because what you do in his presence is different to what you do when you don't feel his presence. You with me here? When I was a kid at school, when the teacher wasn't there, I ran across the desks, I threw things, I hid things. I wrote on the walls. I was a naughty child. When the teacher came in, I was very well behaved. (laughs) When Jesus was with his disciples, they were all just, they were great. When Jesus went off for a toilet break, his disciples started arguing about who was the greatest, who was best. They're thinking of their future ministries. They're thinking of Website addresses. They're just like, they're thinking of stuff they can do that will improve. They, they just go away. There's the rules of mankind and the rules of God. If you take God out of the nature, you take God out of man, you've got chaos. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. When Jesus says, when I'm going to the Father, I'm leaving you, you can imagine their panic. If you leave, it's going to be chaos. <laughs> Don't leave us. But he says, it's okay. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit 
is the presence of Christ. What makes church work? The Holy Spirit. The presence of God is what leads us home. If you want to know how to get your life on track, how to be profound in everything that you do, how to see people healed, saved, and delivered, understand this. It is the presence of God that shifts and changes Everything that you do and say. Suddenly I think, if I'm walking with the presence of God, can I be angry? Or can, can I... It, you, you, can't, you can't be angry in the presence of God. There are things you can't do in His presence because His presence requires, it pulls from you, your faith. And so when we spend time in the light of God and we come before and go, God, I just spend time in your presence... It changes the very definition of who you are. It changes your confession. It changes your behavior. It changes how you respond and act around others. And the shadows that fall from you, are the, it is the effect of the light of God's glory that is shining in you. For the Bible says that these earthen vessels, earthen vessels, human vessels, vessels that mess up, vessels that do wrong, vessels that make mistakes, shall carry the light of the glory of God, and it shall make an impact on every person that is around you. This is what God is doing in this house. Right here, right now. This is what he's doing. In this house, it is my prayer and my belief that our worship will lead us to the light in a way that sets forward a a precedent, say, a principle that we carry in our everyday. It is my heart that we know how to walk with Christ on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Saturdays. There are many Each day has got its own unique challenge, hasn't it? Each day has got its own rhythm and feeling. There's always a sense of, oh, it's Monday. Or Saturday. Just relax a bit. Every day has a set challenge, but it's our responsibility to carry the light of the glory of God. and, And I don't want you burdened with a sense of, I've got to... I've got to get everyone saved. I want you to know that the light of the glory of God upon your life will lead people home. We have found that people involved, even in the occult, will come knocking on our door and ask for help. Because when life gets most challenging, they need the light. And so... If we love everyone, everyone has an opportunity of coming to the light. Bring your love for people to a coffee shop and just tell them you're having a great day and let them know that now they're serving you. It's they're sharing in this great day that you're having. And some people just come and go, well, suppose that I'm not having a great day. Well, just say you are. Why would it ever be anything else? Why would I ever testify and report of the hardships that the enemy's throwing my way? 
that's got nothing to do with my day. Everything that's going on in my day is what Jesus tells me. What he speaks over me. That's my day. And that day is awesome. That day is incredible. That day is full of miracles in life. God's filling my day. And he gives me joy. And so when I'm buying a cup of coffee from anyone, how's your day? It's incredible. Really? It's the light that falls from you. Puts a hunger in the heart of one another. This place is going to be packed. It's filling up. Because we've stepped into a prophetic utterance of what God is doing to build his house. It's a worshipping church. A church that is leading people to the mercy seat of Jesus Christ. Let's all stand up, shall we? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com.